0: What makes a CAO? Leadership, integrity and strategic thinker are only a few words to describe the qualities of a successful CAO. Malcolm White, the City of Sault Ste. Marie's CAO is wrapping up an impressive career in municipal government from his start in recreation and culture to leading in local government through one of the most challenging times in recent history. Malcolm joins us today in Studio 99 with a special guest host to talk about the ups and downs in municipal government and what's up next in his retirement. Where You Belong is the City of Sault Ste. Marie's official podcast, where we bring in city representatives to discuss exciting initiatives the city is offering, and to get to know some of the city staff that are working hard on making our community a wonderful place to live, work, and play. I'm Madison Zuppa, Deputy City Clerk, and this is Where You Belong. So today on Where You Belong, I'd like to welcome special guest host Rachel Tuzinski, our City Clerk. Rachel and Malcolm have been a dynamic duo for the City of Sault Ste. Marie for many years and I'm gonna hand over the microphone to her. Hello, Malcolm, here Hello, we Rachel. are. yes. It all feels a little bit
1: surreal to me. I'm sure it does to you as well. It does. We'll start off in traditional where you belong fashion with the lightning round questions. Are you ready for them? Sure. The first question is, what are you reading?
2: I've got a couple of books on the go right now. One is Indian on Vacation. And it's written by Thomas King, who also wrote The Inconvenient Indian. So it's a, he's written a novel, and I, I really enjoy his type of humor as well. He has a very uh, sardonic wit. The other one is Epitaph for a Spy by Eric Ambler. It's an older book. I think it was written in the 50s. It's uh, one of the classic espionage uh, novels, and it's one I hadn't read
1: yet. OK. And the second question is a perfect one for you, because I'm sure most people don't realize that you bring a musical education to all of us on the fourth floor. So the second question is, what are you listening to?
2: Well, as you know, I'm a tremendous music fan. What I'm listening to right now, uh, my children were born in the 1990s. So while I had a real good sense of music during the 70s and 80s, once the kids came along, uh, I had to turn my attention elsewhere. So right now I'm rediscovering some things that I didn't really pay attention to in the 90s and exploring some of the groups and music that came out during the 90s and early 2000s. So a couple of particular favorites are Oasis and Coldplay. Cool.
1: And lastly, tell us what you're watching.
2: Well, I'm a real fan of hard science fiction. And there's a great series streaming on uh, Amazon, I think, right now called The Peripheral and it's based on a novel by the author William Gibson. I really enjoyed the book and I was really happy when I saw they made a streaming series out of it and watching hockey and football as well
1: at the moment. Of course, of course. Okay, getting into the nitty gritty. Can you tell us what it means to be the city's CAO and why you presumably love doing what you do?
2: What it means is really you're a coordinating position for all the different functions that the city has and the services it provides. And essentially what you're doing is coordinating the different lenses that the different areas bring to the table and the different views and recommendations and distilling them into uh, something for council to uh, make decisions on and decide on. Why do I love doing that? Well, it's been a natural evolution throughout my career and it's just gotten more and more to that role as I gained more and more experience.
1: Well certainly you bring varied experience across the corporation and that was actually the next question that you've worked in local government for over 35 years. Tell us where it all began and how it evolved.
2: Well, it all began as a summer student, like a number of uh, city staff, and I used to work in the Recreation and Culture Division in the programs area. So uh, I started out at uh, Camp Wakanda, which uh, the city ran a residential camp program, so I worked for there for three years. I did a year uh, directing their sports camp, which was a day camp uh, in town, and then I coordinated all their uh, summer programs for a summer and then during my final summer here i had applied to go to teachers college because that's what my first direction was going to be in life very difficult to get in to teachers college back in the 80s it was the height of the baby boom being in uh, positions and there wasn't a lot of uh, opportunity uh, left but during that time uh, one of the full-time people in recreation and culture uh, moved on to another job and created a vacancy in the sports and special events area so i applied for that and was uh, fortunate enough to get it and went from there. So I did uh, my first seven years uh, in recreation and culture. But during my uh, second year here, my supervisor at the time, Debbie Bourne, who was the manager of recreation and culture, came along and said, there's a course that I think you should take and it's on municipal administration, It'll take a bit of time, a couple of years to complete. There's some units, and it doesn't relate completely to what you do now, but it would set you up well for the future because you never know where the opportunities are going to lie. And so I took that program, and there's a small group, but in that was yourself, who were fairly newly anointed out at the Township of Prince, and Donna Irving had just gotten the assistant city clerk job at the time. So it was very interesting because, of course, a few years later, the opportunity came to uh, move into the uh, clerk's department in Don Irving's old role because she became city clerk at the time. So I was in that role from uh, 1996 to 2010. But sometime during that time, I think it was about 2005, Rachel Tosinski came into city clerk's as the corporate affairs officer. So it was uh, very interesting from... uh, beginning taking municipal administration to all ending up in the same department together. During that time, I also uh, took on a few extra duties as far as strategic planning and uh, manager of quality improvement. And then in 2010, uh, Donna moved into retirement and I was uh, fortunate to become city clerk. In 2016, I was appointed to deputy CAO of corporate services and, but also retained the city clerk role. And then in 2019, fortunate enough to be selected as CAO.
1: And closing the circle in that you and I are now facilitating the Municipal Administration Program.
2: We we are uh, teaching that. It's our third cohort in the last few years that we're uh, instructing.
1: And we've had some good groups. Mm -hmm. What do you find most rewarding about working in local government?
2: I've always found it really rewarding to uh, work with people. I like working with people and especially a wide variety of people. So whether it be city staff, whether it be elected or appointed officials and city councilors, or especially with the volunteer groups in the city that do so much good work and citizens themselves. So I've certainly found that rewarding, especially working together to uh, get things done for the community.
1: And you've certainly been successful there. I was thinking about when we were prepping for this and some of the ridiculous circumstances we've found ourselves in over the years, And one of the first things that came to my mind was, do you remember when the squirrel took over level four at 99 Foster Drive?
2: I do remember that. It was uh, during the early part of the pandemic. We were getting uh, some work done on the Civic Center at the time, getting a new cladding and glazing on it. And somehow a squirrel got in at some point and had the run of the building. I wasn't completely aware of this, and once a week uh, during the pandemic we had an internal staff team that would meet at 8 a.m. virtually. And so I was in my office on this meeting, and uh, I could hear some noises, but they seemed to be out in the outer part of the office. And so I I thought Andrea, my uh, administrative assistant at the time, had come in early. But I didn't really hear any more noises, and then I suddenly heard noises closer to me. And I looked over, and there is a squirrel up on the furniture staring at me. So I reacted much as someone would react when they saw a squirrel in their office in the middle of a Zoom meeting. So it has uh, become somewhat legendary as a Zoom fail.
1: That that's a pre- that's a pretty classic <laughs> Zoom situation. The other thing that both former city clerk Donna Irving and current deputy city clerk, Madison Zupa, and I know yourself and myself experience, and I think every clerk across the province of Ontario experiences the city clerk nightmare. Mine have been that I couldn't find the council chamber and the cameras started to roll, or... The epic one is I don't have an agenda and I'm trying to recite resolutions from memory with the mayor beside me, <laughs> get on with it. I was wondering if you can share some of your clerk's nightmares and I'm really curious as to what CAO nightmares might feel like.
2: Well, I certainly have had the clerk uh, nightmares during my time in clerks, and it's somewhat similar to yours, but I always knew where the council chambers was, but I could never seem to get there. I was always being interrupted, or I had to run to a photocopier to get some material for the meeting, but the photocopier wasn't working, and, then, and it's something always keeping you uh, from it. Or I've run up to get something, and I can't seem to get back. But because of the way the building is, we have the uh, council broadcast being broadcast into different rooms, so you hear it. And I could hear them always saying, "Where is Malcolm? Why isn't he here?" And that's uh, you know would be always a, a theme of the dream. CAO dreams, oddly enough, have been pretty much the same. You can't get to where you you need to be going on time in, in relation to a council meeting, and uh, it's just that you're sitting on the other side of the mayor.
1: It's real. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest jam you found yourself in and maybe how you got into it and how you got out of it?
2: Uh, There's been a lot of them over the years. You can't work uh, in the public eye or uh, doing public services without getting into jams from time to time. But I've got a really good one from my first full year with the city. So I was in recreation and one of my jobs was booking all the outdoor sports facilities for the summer. Now, this was back in the day, so we had no computers in those days, and the only way you could communicate with people, you either did it by letter externally, you did it by memo internally, or you made phone calls. That was it. There's no fax machines, no emails, nothing uh, else, no uh, direct messaging on apps or anything like that because my predecessors in the position hadn't been really enamored with a lot of files and documents and keeping things that way, the files were very thin, so I didn't have a whole lot to go on. So we got everybody started uh, that spring uh, on the uh, baseball fields, the slow pitch fields, and the soccer fields, but the August long weekend of that year was uh, going to be a a big uh, time of activity and there's a lot of interest in the Strathclair Sports Complex. So we had one league that wanted to uh, book it for a provincial championship. And we had another league that wanted had a special uh, weekend planned for uh, their players, and they wanted it. So what I did was I worked with the league having the provincial championship and they weren't sure if they were going to get the championship or not. So I said, well, I need to know by a certain date. So you have to confirm by this date. And the date went past and I made a couple phone calls. But in those days, you always played a lot of phone tag. And I, I told them I need to hear from you and I never did. So I made the assumption that they didn't get it and they didn't need it. So then I booked it out to the uh, other uh, league and had them all set to go. What I didn't know and what wasn't in the files was that the regular users of Strathware, the men's slow pitch, always had a tournament on the August long weekend. They didn't tell me because they figured, well, we always do it. So he must know. There's nothing in the files about it. So... In effect I triple booked Strathclair because the other league that had the provincial championship did get it and just assumed I should know about that. So it was a triple booked uh, facility and I had to get myself out of that one. So I learned to uh, negotiate and be the bearer of bad news that summer. We did get everybody taken care of maybe not on the facility of their first choice but All the events went off, and we got through it. And next year, I did a lot of lobbying, and we had a computerized scheduling system.
1: Lessons learned, right? Exactly. I was going to ask you, I mean, it's totally clerks-related more than CAO-related, but I know that in October of 2022, you felt quite uncomfortable with this municipal election going on and not being as involved directly as you have been for so long. And again, other clerks in the province will agree that we tend to, as city clerks, count our elections as like our rings of the tree as to how many we've been through. Do you know how many elections that you've actually been involved in delivering?
2: Well, that's a great question, so I'll quickly do some math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten elections. So that includes regular elections and special elections or by-elections. Including the last election that was ever done under the old Elections Act, which was uh, replaced in 1996, but we had to have a special election for mayor that year.
1: It feels like longer than 10, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> what accomplishment are you most proud of during your time with the city?
2: That's always a difficult one for, I think, any city staff to answer because you are always doing things with other staff and, or with uh, agencies and entities associated with the city. It's hard to point to things that you had a, a single-handed uh, role in or uh, just a role with maybe one other person, but there is one. And it's actually something that you and I worked on together and that's the uh, ward boundaries uh, redivision when uh, we downsized from six wards to five. That was uh, very challenging because it wasn't just taking the existing number and changing the boundaries a little to reflect new population uh, patterns but it was actually redrawing it from uh, six words to five, and it, it took a lot of work to do it in a manner that respected all the different elements that you have to take into consideration. And at the end of the day, there's a bit of an art to it. It's uh, not just simply a numbers exercise. We were able to do it. We were able to get it approved by council, and we were able to uh, get it accepted by the community without having anyone object to it and appeal it, which would have put us in a bind uh, for the 2018 election. So I was, uh, that, that one in particular, uh, I, I am uh, quite happy with, and I think it's fitting that it's a project that both of us worked on.
1: It, it really was a big job. It kind of looks like a war room at times <laughs> as we're moving thumbtacks and post-it notes and maps around for sure. Malcolm, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with your 25-year-old self, what do you think you would tell that person?
2: I don't know that there's a lot I would tell that uh, person. Let them Uh, figure
1: it out for themselves? Let them
2: figure it out for themselves, I guess. a Couple things I might say was uh, certainly have patience. Your directions in life don't always take you where you think you're going to go, but if you have patience and Keep uh, working hard and keep a good work-life balance. Things can turn out maybe not the way you uh, originally thought, but they turn out very well.
1: That's good advice. And I'm, I'm just wondering, the next question actually is what advice would you give to city staff about the future of the organization? And I think... Everything you just said you'd say to 25-year-old Malcolm is probably uh, much the same as you would say to city staff. Is there anything, is there anything you'd add?
2: Well, I would certainly say uh, have patience. The, uh, when you work for a large organization and especially where, when you work for a municipality, the opportunities that come up aren't always linear for you and just as they weren't for me. At one point, I thought I would just stay with recreation, culture, and community services my whole career here. But uh, it is a different environment now. There's much more opportunity for people, uh, whether it's in the city or uh, elsewhere. Uh, so it's, uh, I would say uh, be patient, make sure you look at your opportunities, and but it's also a very exciting time to be working for the city. Uh, I spent most of my career here in very challenging economic times, Uh, a lot of uh, economic downturns. We had to really work and be creative to keep the services going that Council and the community wanted us to provide. We were always challenged with resources. Uh, We still are, but we're on the cusp of a, a real growth time for the community and that's going to uh, bring a lot of opportunity for staff to uh, build things out and you know be able to uh, have their role in that and it's it will be exciting.
1: That's actually a really good segue into the next question and I think particularly the length of time you've been involved in strategic planning and quality improvement and the last almost years with the lens from the uh, CAO's office. What do you think the community is going to look like 35 years from now?
2: It will look different and we'll see a lot of change in the near term. We are going through a change where we're uh, bringing a new wave of people into the community just like we have in the past. We'll see that happen because we know it needs to happen to fill the jobs that uh, the baby boomers are leaving behind, such as myself. But we're very fortunate in that we're well positioned for it. We're also very well positioned to reset our relationship with our Indigenous uh, neighbors, whether it's uh, the Indigenous in Batwana First Nation and Garden River First Nation, or the urban Indigenous population, or others that we have here. Everybody is working together uh, very well right now. And I think we're going to, uh, well we will bring in newcomers to the community who will bring a lot of exciting new uh, things uh, with them, whether it's food, whether it's activities, uh, new sports. We have cricket in the community now. That was pretty much unthinkable uh, back when I started in uh, sports and recreation. And we will see growth in the community. We will see uh, some population growth that we haven't seen for many, many years. But all of that, we, we will. it will still be Sault Ste. Marie, and Sault Ste. Marie is unique. If you look at the Sault Ste. Marie diaspora that uh, had to leave, a lot of people that I went to school with had to leave the community to find work, but there's still a very tight connection amongst the former Siouxites, wherever they are. And they're always interested with what's going on uh, back in the community. So it, it uh, still will be a community that, uh, works and plays together but also sticks together to meet the challenges.
1: And now that we're in the the last few days, weeks uh, until your retirement, where is life taking you next?
2: Well it's uh, not taking me uh, anywhere outside of Sault Ste. Marie. uh, Donna and I will always remain in the community I will do uh, still a bit of part-time work in the municipal sphere for the next few years, uh, just while I uh, still have some brain cells left and uh, some currency in in the field. But we'll probably take a trip to Italy at some point this year. My son's taking a Master's of Science uh, there that he'll be done, uh, we think, in November, so we want to... Uh, go back there while he's still around, and we will also do a lot of our uh, favorite outdoors activities, uh, camping, canoeing, kayaking, but we'll just have more time to do them. And then in the next few years along that vein, we want to uh, take our trailer and go out to the east coast and go out to the west coast and go up to the Yukon. So uh, that'll keep us busy for the next four or five years, I'm sure.
1: It'll be a relief for you to be able to be off-grid without having to find a mountain at 5 o'clock in the afternoon to call the office. It
2: will be very much that.
1: Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up here?
2: Uh, I would only like to say I'm really excited about the younger staff here at the city. We've been able to bring a lot of people in over the last few years in comparison to with what it was like when I first came here, and it was very static. So a lot of new faces, a lot of new voices, and a lot of new skills to meet the new challenges. And I think a real feeling of uh, optimism on my part uh, that the new staff really see public service as a calling. We haven't seen that necessarily over uh, my career here but I see it now and I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the uh, city over the next uh, number of years.
1: That's great. Well Malcolm it's been a slice. On behalf of the corporation and the community I wanted to thank you for your commitment and dedication and to wish you all the best in the next chapter. We're going to see you around.
2: you certainly will.
0: Where You Belong is produced by the City Clerk's Office. Make sure you check back next month for our next episode. If you're looking for more information, head to our website at sousaintmarie.ca slash podcast. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a topic for future episodes, email podcast at cityssm.on.ca. Until next time.